Oh no, some scary clown squirted water all over my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her? I can't save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling. Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics? Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you! Does this sound familiar? You're interested in purchasing that new action figure, but aren't sure if it's worth it? Well, come check out PlasticExplosion.com, where you can go to find all the latest and greatest action figure previews and reviews. Every week, they'll be bringing you reviews and picks from your favorite collections, such as DC Universe, Masters of the Universe Classics, Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Transformers, and many more. Come check us out at PlasticExplosion.com. That's PlasticExplosion.com. For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoking taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoking Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Welcome to the podcast. I am Ryan. To my right is... James. And to my left is... Brad. And we are The Real Nerds. Hey. This week we went and saw Cloud Atlas. Yeah. By the Wachowskis. And what's the other guy's name? Thomas Twi- Tickfer. Tickfer? Yeah. Twyrick? He did uh, Run, Low, Twiker. Run. Twiker, yeah. No, Tickfer. He's like French or something. I think he's... There's no F anywhere in that name. I don't care. His name is Thomas Tick... Anyway. I don't know. Anyways, that's what we did. We went and saw a movie, which we do every week here on Real Nerds Podcast. We see the movies that you want us to hear, you want us to talk about sometimes. Yeah, and then sometimes we see the movie you don't want to hear us talk about. Yeah, and that'll be in two weeks when the new Twilight comes out. But you might want to hear us talk about it because it'll be (laughs) funny because it'll, you know, it's really kind of fun to see tear apart those movies. And in this one, at least she fights a mountain lion. She fights a cougar, jumps in the air, wrestles the cougar to the ground. She does because she's going to use it for food. She's not going to prey on a human. That's not what the Cullens do. They yeah. drive Volvos and... Well, actually, she's going to eat the deer, but then the the cougar is going to eat the deer, too. So she has to fight the, the cougar over the deer. Oh, right. I mean, you have this to. Is, this I is, mean, this is, a, this is a circle of life, guys. This is the kind of high-stakes drama and action you expect from the fifth movie in a series. Um, I was watching an EPK about Twilight, Yeah, and evidently the... Uh, ending has been changed From to make book? it more dramatic <gasps> oh my goodness you know you guys have access to these <laughs> it's just it's it's just like you know, yeah Robert- i would not choose twilight as 
Well, when you're bored one day and you're on the internet, you're like, huh, what can I access on this wow. site? And just keep on going. What kind of spiral have you fallen down, Ryan, where your last <laughs> resort? You know what? I don't want to hear anything when I see the adaptation of my new favorite book, Fifty Shades of Grey. Wait, I, right. I don't know. That Is book? that the next level? I can don't know. I have, can I have like $50,000 if you wrote that? Because <laughs> you're a billionaire now. Yes. Anyways, we saw Cloud Atlas. The first thing we're going to do here is check some fan mail. Fan mail! And I will not do it as gay the next time. <laughs> Did you hear that? We're going to check some fan mail! <laughs> no offense. You would totally make that guy sitting behind us uncomfortable. That was I know, right? Um, we got uh, one email this week, and it's from Cora again. Yay! Um, she sent us a poem. What? A Tim Burton is it poem. An haiku? It is. What? Uh, first she says, just for you all, got this from my friend Mitchell. Plus, I can't take what James said to heart because he pays to go see Transformer movies. Burn! Oh, <laughs> come on. And that is true. And I will read this poem to you. I'm so excited. It says, roses are Johnny Depp. Violets are Johnny Depp. <laughs> Depp, Johnny Depp. What a beautiful poem by Tim Burton, read by Helen Bonham Carter, and music by Danny Elfman. <laughs> nice. And uh, that's, you know, Tim Burton's career for the I'm last 12 years. I'm tattooed on the back of my calf. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> um, that was so beautiful. Right on. Well, yeah. you, you touched somebody, Cora. Thanks for the correspondence, did as she, always. Did she write that? Uh, no, she said she got it from her friend Mitchell. I don't know oh, where Mitchell got oh, it, but Mitchell oh. supplied us with. I think t- I think Mitchell probably stole it from Tim Burton because <laughs> those are the last seven movies Tim Burton's made. I know, right? He had that yeah. art show, I think, in L.A. So it was probably on a plaque somewhere at the show. It's actually <laughs> written by Tim Burton himself. <laughs> um, good news, guys! What we got a new phone call this week? What we still do that? We do every you know once a month we get a phone call. We can um, take phone calls. It's not a, from a celebrity, but he's a celebrity in my heart. Our good friend Russell from Washington D.C. Uh, Brad, push the button. No, don't do it. You stick your dick in it, dude. Push the button. Hey there, Ryan, Brad, and James. This is Russell from D.C. giving you guys a call. I just wanted to let you guys know. Um, this week I watched uh, the best exotic Marigold Hotel. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. It is a Fox Searchlight Pictures. Since it is in the middle to the late of October and getting towards Academy Awards season, uh, I definitely recommend you guys take a look at this. It is a whole bunch of old British actors that decide to retire or go off to India after seeing an ad. And basically, it is a touching Academy-type performance with uh, people like um, Judy Bench. There's something to be said about the way that the British write their movies and TV shows in comparison to Americans. The movie is not so much as a tearjerker. You know, when you think of American dramas, they they have that overdone dramatic uh, monologue that is supposed to really pull you in and make you weep, and and all the women are you know pulling out their tissue boxes and but. This is one of those films that I think builds very, very slowly, and I think there's a there's a level of patience that comes with a very well-written, subtly growing story. 
So if you guys get a chance, um, it also stars the same guy from uh, Slumdog Millionaire, and it's a very similar storyline. Um, but I would definitely say it's getting towards Academy season, so uh, it's definitely a great way to kick things off. Anyways, uh, love the show, guys. I keep on listening, and I can't wait for your next one. Thanks. Bye. So, yeah, Russell's basically telling us we should go see the Best Marigold Exotic Hotel. Is that how it goes? The Best, best Exotic, exotic Marigold. Marigold Hotel? Now, I do actually want to see this I want to see it, too. I saw the preview, and I like all the actors in it. I do, too. But there is a part of me that thinks he might be cranking us. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he saw the movie and hates it. And it's just like, you guys need to go see this movie. It's so good. <laughs> what a dirty trick. I don't know. I You know, the first time I met... The, I've actually never met the guy I mean, in real life. I mean, it was like someone tricking us to go see... Fuck, I can't think of a movie that James made me go see that I don't like. Transformers? Transformers. Wait, wait, wait. You can't think of a movie. We just talked about Twilight, and you can't think of a movie oh, that you I did made make you me go, go see, see that. that you don't like? But I did put myself through the horrific week of I was going to watch every Twilight, because, yeah, you, did. you know, I actually felt and I said, you know, I'm making fun of these movies. I haven't seen them. Maybe I shouldn't be such a penis wrinkle, and I should just <laughs> see the movie and judge it on its own. Merits? <laughs> um, even though I knew what I was getting into, because one of my favorite stories about the whole Twilight phenomenon is Brad dressed up like a emo vampire to go see it with his sister, oh, which no. there was no pictures of, which I'm really um, heartbroken about. Yeah, we don't need those pictures. <laughs> but, but we really do, because no, I really want to see it. I was it. in a theater. What are you going to see? <laughs> but you walked to the theater, you know? Mm-hmm. you know, Carrying well, the book. Carrying the book is awesome. The and story. You know, it, it all ends up being fair, because you made me go see Creature. You know, I did. Like we all, we all make each other go see movies we end up not liking, um, but you know, we also force each other to you know step out of our comfort zones and see a movie that we wouldn't normally want to go see, and then you end up liking it. Yeah, that you never know. Happen. You never know. You, know. you just have to always, you know what? with the exception of Twilight, yeah. you just have to always want the movie to be good. Yeah, you know that's a that's a big thing that um, we've really been striving for this year. I don't know. I'm sure we've said it before on a podcast, every but, episode for the last six months. But I'll just reiterate it that you know you have to go into a movie thinking it'll be good. You know, I still think Battleship might be the most underrated movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't believe you, but um, okay, you should. You, yeah. Did you not listen? You obviously don't listen to the podcast. I was on the podcast. Do. I know. I I don't hate that movie. I don't. I don't either. But calling it the most underrated movie, man. Okay, maybe it was Father's Day is the most underrated movie of the year. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually... Okay. (laughs) Box Office Stats. This is the Box Office Stats. Uh, Last week, guys, Paranormal Activity 4, $29 million. Which you're like, oh my gosh, I made so much money, but it's down from like $52 million of Paranormal Activity 3. Yeah. So, you know, but... And the word of mouth on this is still pretty poisonous yeah so, well um i i think that this ship is sinking i don't know st- paramount's still laughing because it costs four million dollars to make well so. yeah but it, it, it is at probably least 20 million dollars in advertising though yeah and it's at least starting to drop off enough that they're probably going to start looking for a sinister or something like that that they can nice. start sequelizing every single year um do the same thing that they did with you know because this sort of replaced saw where every year there was a saw movie and then there were every year there was a paranormal activity and yeah they'll find a new one they will uh, the movie we saw the, seven psychopaths held up pretty well um from the previous week it didn't do too well its opening week i think it was like three million or something yeah and then it was only down 21 percent from the previous week which is really good yeah for a movie and i think it lost some theaters too so should go see it. Seven Psychopaths. It's totally yeah, it's worth it. It's one of those indie movies that, you know, yep. we'll, make, we'll make its money back on DVD more than in theater. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. 
So thank you, Box Office Mojo, for supplying us with all the stats we need to see how much money movies make and how many people go see them. That's a lot of people to go see Paranormal Activity for. Oh, gosh. There's a lot of people to be disappointed by Paranormal Activity for. They will. And if you want to know about Paranormal Activity 3, stay tuned for what we've been watching because <laughs> I did watch that movie this week. Ugh. DVDs and Blu-rays, boys. DVD releases and Blu-rays. This week is a little uh, light yeah. in the DVD department. I was kind of hoping there'd be like horror classics or something coming out with Halloween the day after that people would rush out and say, oh, I need to get this on DVD. Um, the big one, I guess, is the campaign. Of course, X, they probably rushed that to Blu-ray because of the election coming up very soon. Um, also, Safety Not Guaranteed, which I meant to see in theaters, but it kind of was always in flux. Like it was bouncing from theater to theater, which you two saw. Yeah. Which, it's good. People should go, should check it out. Yeah, and if I get as much energy from you two guys in this podcast, uh, then it's going to be great. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's um, a, you know, it's a quiet night. Your wife is sleeping in the other room. No, no, she's not. We're she's reading. Be, we're allowed to be, you know, laid back. This is your laid back podcast. Nah, listen to it cool. on the ride, on the way to work in the morning. I was going to say, listen on the way home <laughs> so you drive off the road and <laughs> yeah. fall asleep. Hey, um, Hey, watch out for that deer. Also, Ruby Sparks is also coming out. Which I've, did you see that, or did you see that? I saw it. You oh, saw you it. Did. And uh, would you recommend it a rental? Yeah, it's at least a rental. I don't remember you seeing that movie. I don't even remember what that movie is about. Because you listen to me. <laughs> That's the one about where Paul Dano writes the girl, and she comes to life. I guess. Oh yes, I do yeah. remember you talking about that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I pay attention when you talk about things like RoboCop. <laughs> then I'm there. Totally I saw a new. There. I saw a new picture of RoboCop on a motorcycle. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, Harry Knowles made an interesting point on his his video today that part of why that suit looks so bad is because it's all black. If they brought back that blue gun, that gunmetal gray blue color, it it might be a little bit cooler. And two, you know, it's one. It's photos from spies. So well, maybe yeah. when you put it on film, it probably might look better. Yeah, yeah. I you know they're gonna shade it and post or something. Yeah, put a bunch of like sparkling lights and you know draw <laughs> pictures on him and things like that with CG. <laughs> maybe draw <laughs> LED dicks pointing at his face. He's gonna have a bunch of like you know sirens and arrows pointing like, hey, run that way if you don't want to get shot and things like that. You know, his chest opens up, little like screen pops out that says, you know, halt. <laughs> You're committing a crime. <laughs> Put down the gun. I want to see that movie made. <laughs> Especially, I want to. I want to see like the the classic Inspector Gadget scene where he freaks out and all the things happen at once and springs pop out of weird places. I'm, I imagine that movie is a slapstick comedy. So uh, I think it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to. Also, Rosemary Baby, Rosemary's Baby, the Criterion Collection comes out, which I will not be buying because I do not support Roman Polanski. Yeah. I don't know if he'll make but money off of it. I don't know people. if he'll make money off of that DVD Blu-ray release, but yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things that people who collect Criterion's pick up all the Criterion, so yeah, it's a big release for sure. Unless you're poor like us, <laughs> yeah. Then we pit, then we only get the ones we want. <laughs> yeah, you just wait until because that's the only it. thing that's a bummer with. I should um, say that we're not that poor. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but Criterion's are always thirty two, thirty four dollars. They they're hardly oh, yeah. ever on sale. It's usually like once a year you can get them on sale. Mm. Yeah. And at Barnes and Noble, <laughs> the two that still have Blu-rays in town. What else is coming out, James? Uh, Bindle Stiffs, which is the DVD release of that uh, Kevin Smith uh, distributed movie, 
which means we'll finally get a chance to see it because I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what happened to that movie. I don't know if it, he ever brought it to town or not. I think he just released it in L.A. Um, yeah, I've been I was kind of hoping that they would uh, have it streaming on Netflix or something. Yeah, yeah, that might be good. But this is now your chance to check it out. Um, and is it twenty six dollars? Wow, it's twenty six dollars on Amazon. It's expensive Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, is and this is also pre-release. You you know, a lot yeah. of times things will drop on actual release day. Um, the DVD of Coma, which was that miniseries that uh, that Tony Scott and Ridley Scott did right before, unfortunately, Tony Scott died, um, which did not actually. Oh look yeah, that's a miniseries. I, I thought that was a series. It's just a miniseries. No, 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 it was just a miniseries. And their miniseries are kind of hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, like their oh, their Andromeda strain was so frustratingly bad. Um, but I always kind of try to check them out. You know, they're always, I mean, they're creative, so you could you could always find something in them. Yeah, it looked like one of those where like the story was going to be pretty ridiculous but there were going to be some cool ideas in it so i definitely want to check it out um and then the very first season of copper which is a bbc show is coming out this week as well which i always thought kind of looked interesting when i saw the uh previews oh yeah i never watched it but it looked interesting yeah i've ended up missing the whole show i wanted to watch it um but it didn't sound it didn't get reviews that were so raving that i had to run out yeah you know People were not talking Downtown Abbey level here. so <laughs> People um, are talking about Downtown Abbey with raving reviews. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. what, what do you go to uh, NPR and they're like, no, oh, this is the Dude, Downtown Abbey uh, podcast. Will, no. They had tea. I don't know what I'm talking William about. William and Mary were on the cover of TV magazine. Are you I'd, Seriously. I don't know who William and Mary are. I know uh, it's a college. Yeah. They are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um that's everything for this week. Unspool some real news, boys. It's real news. Um, James usually has this stuff, but I'm going to steal the thunder this week because I don't care. Um, there's a couple trailers that, you know, we hardly ever talk about trailers. Yeah. But there's one trailer that really, well, two trailers that kind of gave me a hard on. Um, <laughs> the, the first one is the Red tr- Band trailer for the Evil Dead. Well, not the Evil Dead. It's called Evil Dead. And uh, if you haven't watched this, you can um, go to IGN. They released it on IGN. Um, and it's, uh, you know, one of the, being a big fan of the Sam Raimi ones, I'm always, anytime they remake a movie that you love, you always get scared. Yeah. Because I'm like, are they going to do it justice? Are yeah. they going to capture the spirit of it? And yeah, yeah the Red Band trailer is redonkulous. It's, yeah, I, I think it would have been a mistake for them to release a Green Band trailer first because the Red Band trailer makes you, makes it clear that this is not, this does not feel quite like those old movies do. Yeah. And it's really going for something, you know way out there. there there is some disturbing stuff in that trailer did you watch it brad i did oh yeah. my god it's a i mean there's a couple scenes that really stick out to me i'll uh, i'll talk about the gruesome stuff first there's a scene where this girl has a razor blade and she's cutting her cheek open and yeah. as she's like turning and looking at you i'm like okay i think that's the first like really shock moment of the uh-huh. trailer oh yeah and then there's also a scene where a girl's hand gets infected like ash from him mm-hmm. and she cuts off her arm with a like a, Carver bone, like a knife? bone saw, yeah, yeah or, car- or a carving knife or something, something yeah, one like of those that. electric knives, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the one that makes you just like 
Oh. A, a shiver is this girl takes a razor blade and licks it with her tongue, but she licks she licks it with the blade part, so it splits her tongue in half. Well, it's almost, I think it's almost more deliberate than that. I think she's like oh, no, pushing, she's doing her, she's delivery, pushing yeah. her tongue into the razor. Oh, it's so fucked up. Because, I mean, there is uh, a part in the first Evil Dead that is pretty horrific where uh, Ash's girlfriend, Linda, takes a a pencil and jams it in her ankle and she moves it around. Yeah. And then all this black spider web goes up her leg, which is really cool. Um, and then, of course, th- it ends with the tra- tree raping scene, yeah. which is, I mean, which, which what, what I think is really crazy is you see this stuff. And I mean, I, I, I haven't seen it before, but, you know, the first Evil Dead's got X ratings. And now you see this stuff and it's way more gruesome. Oh, yeah. Where Sam Raimi's Evil Dead's, even though they're kind of gruesome, they still kind of had a slapstick quality to them. Where these are not slapstick. This is straight up horror. Yeah. When when you see um, Bruce Campbell's been out in you know interviews and stuff talking a lot about it because he's a producer. Um, and the, the two big things that he says are: first off, I am not in the movie, and which second, I don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a part of me that doesn't believe him either. Did, did I tell you my uh, my dream is a post credit scene? The girl drags her because I or girl or guy whoever survives the movie. Yeah. Drags himself out of whatever, and there's a a demon comes from behind him and is about to get him, and then it gets blasted off screen, and then there's Ash with his boomstick, you know, <laughs> and it, and it'll say, "Come with me if you want to live." Oh my god, that would be so amazing! <laughs> it would be cool, but I think it would be in betrayal to the second thing that he that Bruce Campbell keeps saying, which is that they are trying to make a very hardcore, gory, violent. Uh, horror film um, they're not they're not going for the same kind of stuff that Evil Dead 2 and 3 are where you know there's a lot of comedy in there and you know um, it should still end that way that'd be awesome not, yeah, um, yeah it would but, be but you know there's a part in the trailer that goes by really quick that I do have a theory and I could be wrong I don't know I watched the trailer about four times <laughs> there's a part where this girl is sitting on a car and the car looks exactly like the car from the Evil Dead movies and Sam Raimi's movies, he calls it the classic because it's Delta 88. And she's sitting on it. So my theory, too, is this isn't a reboot or uh, a remake. It's actually a sequel to mm. the Evil Dead movies. So, I mean, it could be. It might not be. I just saw that it might just be, you know, the car's junked and it's an homage. You know, they're yeah. kind of winking at it. But I always have hope that Ash will return <laughs> to the big <laughs> screen. Um, yeah. So you should check it out. You should really check out the Evil Dead trailer um, because it's really good. Yeah, it adds. <laughs> what was the other yeah. trailer you saw? Uh, the other trailer stars my boyfriend, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, man. It's uh, Iron Man 3, and there's a bunch of little things going on in that. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, the, the trailer's really interesting. It seems really dark. Yeah, it, uh, it seems like a pretty big departure for Iron Man. But what gets me excited is, you know, it's uh, Shane Black who did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and, you and know, Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I expect it to have kind of a buddy thing with war machine and yeah it's gonna it's gonna be well written and have 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 character at the center of it which is what he's always been good at yeah so i i mean the trailer is really awesome so i have hopes for it yeah it is you just get to hear a little bit of ben kingsley's mandarin um but and he looks kind of creepy yeah you know i mean i'm not you think that's his voiceover i thought it was um that one guy from memento uh, Guy, Guy Pierce? Pierce. Guy Pierce's voice. Uh, I mean, you see Guy Pierce for a second, but I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Ben Kingsley. Hmm. 
But what also too is they have. Um, it would be really bad if he were doing like a. A, a real super racist Asian voice. Like I think they was probably, that an Asian voice? Am I just hearing wrong? He's the Mandarin. No, the voiceover though. I thought no, that it's was... not. That's what I mean. I, it sounds more like Ben Kingsley, more of a British Ben Kingsley mm-hmm. voice than. So I thought um, it was Guy Pierce's voice, and he's like hiring the Mandarin to do something for him. It, it could be. It Maybe. Could, uh, yeah. I mean, the trailer's still kind of vague. Um, yeah, what oh, I yeah. did get from it is there's a a story I think came from 2008 in Iron Man called Extremis and. Basically, Tony Stark is able to make his armor living, and there's some shots in the trailer where yeah. it looks like he's outside of the suit, and the suit is either helping him or attacking him. He, um, it's part of. Uh, this is spoilers for the movie because it's it's something that you can find out if you read summaries and places like that. But basically, uh, he has built. Uh, I think he, I think it's called the Mark Forty Seven. Um, which is that there are a bunch of suits, so he can have an army of Iron Man that are Iron Men that he controls remotely. Yeah, um, and bad things might happen. The unfortunate thing is, if the end of this movie is oh, Iron Man has to fight a bunch of other Iron Men, then it's the same ending from the last two movies. <laughs> but um, yeah, but there, th- I think actually the sweetest scene in the trailer is I'm guess- I don't know if it's Air Force One or uh a. Uh, uh, I don't know, Another but all point. these people are falling out of an airplane, and Iron Man's like catching them and flying oh, yeah. and stuff. That's oh, pretty sweet. That. Yeah, um, I was thinking of the the scene when his house blows up. Oh, that scene that is awesome. Yeah, and you know the trailer ends with him getting buried at the bottom of the ocean. You're just like, holy shit, this is gonna be heavy. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, kudos. Because it seems like it seems like well from the trailer, it seems like he, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow or Pepper Potts is going to think that he is dead mm. for some period of time. And then he's going to burst out of the ocean like in Avengers. Ah, yeah, that's one of my favorite shots in Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, those are my um, things that I saw this week that I thought were pretty cool. Um, so you should check out those trailers. Because one, I'm really excited for um, Iron Man because I love seeing Robert Downey Jr. And Evil Dead because I love those movies. And it's the first movie of Phase 2. Like, this yep. is that, that place where, okay, we've set up this whole universe, and now we can just watch these characters play ball in it. You know, one of the movies that uh, I saw a little new snip, uh, snippet, I think it was on CNN, about Gravity, which is George Clooney, Sandra Bullock, and uh, Robert Downey Jr., which he's not even really mentioned in the article. Yeah. But uh, I guess it's so effects-heavy that they're pushing it till next December or yeah. something. I'm not sure. Yeah, or it's delayed time. indefinitely. Yeah, they're not quite sure when. Because it was supposed to come out the end of November, and obviously that's not happening. No, no, no. I mean, because with a movie with those three stars, yet. and you haven't even seen a trailer for it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's Alfonso Caron. He tends to really, you know, hit for the fences. I am so full of baseball metaphors in the last <laughs> few minutes. Um, and He's so been watching Moneyball. He could, he, yeah, it could be really hard for a, a movie like his to both meet expectations and uh, get done in time. So better that they push that a little bit then i really wanted two robert downey jr movies this year though <laughs> but i'm well, not gonna get, get two next year no that's so <laughs> long <laughs> you might get three who knows he might who be doing something else. maybe he's doing something else i, yeah. I have no Especially idea if gravity's been in the can for as long as it has been he, yeah he could get he could be doing something else i'm sure he is i mean yeah. iron man 3 is probably done with almost done with principal photography but my guess yeah it might even be done uh, who knows yeah, I, I think it's i think it's pretty much done anyways you know, one of the interesting things is that the uh i have a feeling that they wanted to keep Iron Patriot totally secret so that no one would know and that that would be the geek thing. Mm-hmm. Is that when they reveal that, like, oh, no. But then, of course, the candid photos have totally spoiled it, so we'll probably see that in the next trailer a little, too. Yeah, I think he was in the first trailer, though. He kind of walked by. There is a, yeah, no, there is, a, like, a little shot. But, I, again, I think that that is a reaction to the fact that... Yeah. 
they, they you know. Well, you know they're not going to use Norman Osborn, but that'd be sweet if he showed up in it <laughs> as a head of Hammer. Um, Anyways, what else you got for me, James? Uh, what's funny is those two trailers, first two things I had on my list. Nice. So, you know. Stolen Thunder. <laughs> Call me uh, Thor. Bitch. Walking Dead is coming back to Dish Network. I, I sorry, I mean uh, AMC is coming back to Dish Network. I know, dude. I'll, I'll talk about uh, the episodes I watched because yeah. I had to catch up. But Good. I'm not even joking. I literally um, came home and my wife said, "Hey, do we get AMC back?" I'm like, "What the fuck?" I ran out here and I turned it on, and <laughs> The Walking Dead was on. Yeah, and then it literally ended that day, and they switched it immediately yeah, back it on. Was, it was just a switch somewhere. They just had to, you know, <laughs> literally click a, a little huge box, switch, you know. Some some nice good Samaritan at, at Dish could have could have just turned it back on at some point. You know they could have just done <laughs> that. I'm tired of this bullshit. I want to watch <laughs> yeah. The Walking Dead. <laughs> that guy probably has Dish now or has Directv at home anyway, so it probably doesn't <laughs> matter. But uh, it's certainly a good thing. Um, I mean, not for me. I was able to watch the show the whole time, but uh, it's good for me. Yeah, yeah. Now I can watch Breaking Bad. It's good for me because now uh, you see that in jest, but you should. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's good for me now because I can talk about Walking Dead with you. Cause, yes. Oh, my God. Um, uh, Matthew Vaughn has dropped out of doing the next X-Men movie. Obviously, he's the guy who directed First Class, and he was in talks to do Days of Future Past, which is the working title for the next one, um, which is unfortunate unless Matt Singer comes back. Matt Singer? Uh, Brian Singer. Wow. Fuck me. No, I Man. won't. But Brian Singer might. Oh, uh, Brian! Joke. Unless Brian Singer comes back, uh, which I think would be good. Yeah. What's he done lately? Uh, Jack the Giant Slayer. Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about that, but they changed the title on that movie because I guess Giant Killer sounds like a bad thing. Uh, but okay, yeah, it's just stupid. Slayer. Where is that? That movie has been in the can forever. Where is that movie? It's supposed to come out in March now. I think I've seen trailer. We I've seen trailers in theaters. Yeah, they keep pushing it back because it's probably not any good. <laughs> or they can't find a place for it on the schedule. Yeah, I don't know. That trailer did not make me think they couldn't find a place for it in the <laughs> schedule. That trailer made me think they couldn't find a place to just sit it and not let anyone. Too see much it. money. Yeah, I am. And probably too many fingers in the pies. But uh, Marty Noxon has gone to work for Pixar. Nice. Which is really cool. If you don't know who Marty Noxon is, we talked about her a, a lot back on uh, our Fright Night episode because she wrote Fright Night. Which is last year. Can you believe that? Last year, Fright yeah. Night. Man. Check it out. It's great. And she Also, wrote, the movie. Not just the episode that we did, but the, the, the movie. Uh, she is a writer on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um, and especially like post brave and and all of the weird stuff that happened with that movie being taken away from the uh the original writer director uh who did that i i want them to get somebody like marty noxon on there write another really good lady animated movie not not an animated movie about ladies but you know with a yeah. female with a female Strong lead. female lead yeah um and she is the perfect shoe in for something like that agreed yeah and I just like when Marty Noxon does stuff. It's cool. And she's cool on like bonus features on Buffy if you've watched them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's really great. Um, and the last weird thing uh, is that they're going to make a movie called The Legend of Conan. And it's going to be like The Unforgiven of Conan where Conan is old and, you know, he's got to raise some pigs. Or at least I assume that's what they mean by Unforgiven of Conan. 
maybe maybe somebody dies he's gotta go kill them too Hopefully. that's probably more a lot more more likely but uh the weird thing about this is last year we had the reboot of conan that's horrible that's that's pretty bad yeah um but also, this reboot of Conan is a reboot because this one ignores Conan the Destroyer, the second Conan movie. Hmm. This only picks up after the first Conan movie, assuming that he's just, like, at the, at the end of the first one, he's king, and that's it. And then he's lived his whole life as king, and now he's old, and stuff's going to happen. So it ignores two movies, one of which is in the canon of the first series, and one of which is not, and starts the series of, what... And you didn't mention that Arnold. Did you say Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be oh, playing Conan? Oh, did I? Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, the the, the reason you even do this is because Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to come back and be old Conan. Nice. Seen him lately? He is not buff. <laughs> well, he uh, is like sixty five. Nah. Oh well, yeah, but I'm just saying. He's like, been running a state poorly he's for not a while. Look very so. heroic in the movie. <laughs> wow. Well, he needs know. some fancy camera angles. Well, no, that's because he's going to be beaten down and then he's going to rise up. Do you not think that? Uh, um, uh, what's his name? The guy from Unforgiven is is ever heroic. He's pretty. I wasn't making an Unforgiven parallel, but whatever. Well, no, I'm just saying. Like he, he doesn't have to be like the as buff as he was back then to still be badass. Mm-hmm. And he there he released a, a photo on Twitter of himself in uh, Ten, which is the movie he's filming now, and he looks pretty badass. He's, he's in got, a he's lot of that. movies lately. Yeah. Well, because you know his marriage ended. Yeah, and his last job. Yeah, um, it looks pretty badass. He's got that like you know uh, World War Two veteran mm-hmm. haircut. You know where it's all pointy in the middle, mm-hmm. like a, like a faux hawk but combed well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It could be cool. I'll give it a chance. Whatever. I think I'm it's just. just I think it's just. It's pretty. You like, look at the first movie where he's you know, uh, what is it? What, what do you win? Carved from oh. Mr. Universe. Mr. Universe, yeah. yeah. And then Olympia. he'll be drastically reduced in size. Yeah. For the old, yeah. And that would make sense for the story that they're planning to tell. I just think it's sort of reboot crazy to pick up a movie that has been rebooted and then ignore one of its sequels in order to tell it. Just Well, that's what happens when characters are in public domain. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, uh, apparently it, this all came about because a guy had a good idea for a story and pitched it. I think, so, you know, you know I what, think if it'd the be, story is good enough, who cares? I think it'd be cool. You know, he's older... Yeah. Um, times pass and there's a new threat James Earl Jones who knows um, <laughs> and he'll come back and he'll have to kick some ass he'll have to find the strength within himself because sometimes strength isn't physical Brad Yeah, it's what you have in your heart and in your head and what can you do to make a difference and if you don't believe that Brad then to hell with you <laughs> that's yep. the news unless that's... you got anything Brad yeah we missed one trailer Die Hard, Die Hard 5 Oh, but that was just a recut of the old Die Hard trailer. Still badass. Moving it was. On. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> well, dude, anytime you get John McClane, come on. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of, come out here, you have fun, go to a party. <laughs> There's a I lot think of... Bruce Wills needs to call into the show next week. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot oh, of... Oh, Bruno. There's yeah. a lot of Mary Elizabeth Winstead unzipping things in that trailer. Is there? Yeah. Is there? I, I need to drops them off that. at the no, airport no, no, and no, takes no. off and that's it. I mean, it's, it's, more, it's more subtle than... The horrible, hey, Jennifer Lopez is going to take her clothes off in Parker bits in tra- that in that trailer. But, uh, yeah, no, I noticed. I have to say, did they ever mention him having a son in any of their diehards? No. Yeah. Did they? I thought they, they only had a daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, did don't they? I don't remember. They did. In the first one, I think. Is it the first one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that makes sense. He's like... I think he's on the plane, and he says, like, he pulls out his wallet, and he shows, like, a picture of his son and his daughter or something. Huh. 
I have to rewatch that movie because yeah. it's badass. They probably cut that on the TV version. I'm sure you've probably seen the TV version. Yeah, I don't know the last yeah. time I've actually watched Die Hard unedited. Yeah. I watched it on AMC a couple months ago, and I was like, feels like stuff's missing. Oh, oh there is. There, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've I love that, that movie, though. They should yeah. release an ultimate Blu-ray of it. Maybe if I hold out before the new one comes out, they'll <laughs> definitely have it. Probably. I yeah, got yeah, that yeah. four-pack. It's pretty sweet. The uh, Oh, yeah, that one? Yeah, that yeah. is pretty good. I, I kept almost great, buying but it, but yeah. it keep, every now and then it'll drop in price, and then the next time I see that I'll happen. i have to get it. Yeah. But Today's a good day to die hard. Back, back when they announced that, of course, I was the one who kept saying they should just have Mary Elizabeth Winstead be the hero and have her kick ass alongside with uh, him instead of, like, you know, bringing back a son. Yeah, because that'd be way cooler. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah, it's all set up. I mean, have you seen movie. her in Scott Pilgrim? The hammer she has? Yeah. What if that hammer was also a, a rocket launcher? <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's news. Awesome. Comic Book Corner, guys. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. James has a comic for us this week. Well, less a comic and more a book about comics. We, you know, These happen every now and then. I've never yeah. done one, but you've done a couple. Absolutely. Um, a couple weeks ago, IDW released a book called uh, Dave Stevens Covers and Stories. And Dave Stevens is a guy who everybody knows fairly well because of The Rocketeer. But what's interesting about Covers and Stories, which it's a beautiful book. It's you know about an inch thick, uh, and it's an IDW hardcover, which you can attest to. They are, mm-hmm. just, they are beautiful books, and they feel good. Love they smell piece. good. Um, and uh, but anyway, this book, though... The only bit of Rocketeer art is done by the guy who wrote the introduction at the beginning. The rest of it is all just um, all of his non-Rocketeer art, uh, which means it's a lot of pinups and stuff like that. Which he's really uh, good at. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, um, he's uh, you know he got pretty famous for doing Betty Page art. Uh, in fact, sort of took care of Betty Page uh, when she was dying, um, or at least through the last few years of her life. Um, but it's, it's just gorgeous. And if you are in any way interested in ID in, in Dave Stevens, um, you should definitely check this out. It was one where like I picked it up and started looking through and realized that I don't think I knew Dave Stevens well enough. Like, mm-hmm. cause he was, he was one of those guys that was not super popular when he was doing art, but he would, he bounced around a lot and t- tended to be at like Pacifico and Comico and, uh, <laughs> Eclipse comics and, you know, all Epic. these, yeah, 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 yeah. All all these comics that were not, um, they were not the main, you know, they weren't the big two. Yeah. Uh, and so no, I don't think people really appreciated him as n- enough, even though, um, people talk about him now and they'll say like, oh man, I saw his covers for, you know, World of Wood, which sounds really erotic, but it's actually like a sci-fi book. I'm, I'm, I, I found so many books that I'm going to hunt down now. Uh, Which is crazy, too, because, so cool. I mean, when did the Rocketeer really come in vogue again? When they just did those Rocketeer adventures where they took, oh yeah, you know, really famous comic guys and said, hey, do a little mini Rocketeer story. Yeah, he was one that, like, um, like people in comics knew about and people who loved that movie really, lo- you know, knew about. Yeah. Um, but it, you're right, especially for most of the 90s, I feel like it was pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, it's just been in the last 10 years that... It started coming back, and then a couple of years ago, they they started re-releasing, you know, the the original story arc all together, and and doing like there is this one which I would love. It's hundreds of dollars, I believe now, because it was a limited run. That was the full size of the art pages. 
of wow. all of the Rocketeer, which That'd is just so ridiculous. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I should say it is a, it is a fairly mature book. Um, I, I now know as private as Dave Stevens was, he really liked puffy areolas. Um, nice. I, there are a lot of puffy areolas all, all throughout the book. Uh, so, is it getting hot in here? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I'm going to have that printed on a t-shirt. Dave Stevens loved puffy, puffy areolas. Can you describe yeah. a puffy areola? Well, it's really weird the way he draws it. It always, you know, I'll flip a page and is go it like, Is standing at attention? Well, no, because it's not just the nipple. It's the it's the areola, and it's all kind of... I don't... It, you're going to have to pick up this book and, ch- and see. You know, that's what I love know. about watching Friends is Jennifer Aniston's always popping out. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> But Did you yeah, say that? It's a it's a it's a beautiful book. There's one page in there where it's I guess it's actually two pages where there's a transparent page that's got all these inks on it, and the next the next page has his, his colors. So you can actually look at the art and then separate out the art the ink from the colors and look at it that way, which is really neat. Um, cool. So What's yeah. it, and the book is just the art of Dave Stevens. Well, it's called Dave Stevens Covers and Stories. So it's both the covers and some of his interiors and stuff like that, and they're really neat. He did the cover for Monster Comics. Uh, King Kong number one, which is now awesome. I'm gonna hunt down, yeah, with Fay Ray, a big King Kong behind him, behind her, yeah. Awesome. No, that's cool. No, I love books like that. I really yeah. do. Oh yeah, they're they uh, especially they're if you can so find an insane. artist you latch onto. Uh, yeah. I I wish they would do one for Sal um, Sal Basuma Basuma, but they probably never. Well, maybe. I he's, mean, he's, IDW, he's, IDW won't, but they've they've done a whole bunch of different artists. But usually, they're they're people like like Dave Stevens who are. Not you know yeah I think there's one that they did about John Romita but that yeah well Marvel does they're called Marvel Visionaries exactly yeah. so yeah awesome cool. and you may not be able to find this one at Colorado Coins Cards and Comics so they might it's a it's like a fifty dollar book um, so they might not just have one sitting around but I bet they can order it for you oh I know so they go can buy and uh, talk check to Andrew them out. yeah he can order it for you for sure I like art yeah dude I love comic book art yeah. it's such a intricate style to it i i love it oh, I, yeah. and i love how it could be interpreted in so many ways and it was definitely one though where i had to like shut the shut shut the door to my room so that <laughs> my mom wouldn't walk by and be like what are you looking at because there and there are some where they're turned sideways like you're reading an old playboy magazine <laughs> and you're like oh my god nice. page nice yeah i love it i want <laughs> you to what you're doing in there just a minute <laughs> i'll be right I'm, out oh my god dave stevens is the best artist oh <laughs> Well, I wouldn't expect that. I said Betty Page is a really hot woman, but he <laughs> went with the Dave Stevens is such a great artist. That makes James want to masturbate. <laughs> Play with his rocketeer. Play with <laughs> oh, you, yeah. you win. You win. That would be a great quote on the back of the book. <laughs> yeah, Dave Stevens' art work. makes you want to play with your rocketeer. <laughs> Stuff we've been watching. Uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Dude, I watched so much shit this week. Good, because I watched nothing. I, I don't know what it was. I Sometimes I just need to like decompress from a day, and I would start just picking things randomly. Um, the first thing I watched was uh, my wife is going to nursing school. She's always studying, and I didn't want to get in her way, so I went and saw a movie called Sinister, which stars Ethan Hawke. And uh, he and the devil's son, or something like that, right? And a devil's son. Yeah, yeah. Isn't the there's a demon, the devil's nope. son, or something? Is no, it? no, no, no. Not yet. All right. Well, okay. go ahead and tell me what the movie is about. Um, in the movie, Ethan Hawke plays a true crime author, and he, um, he writes a really famous book about 15 years previously, 
and he's trying to recapture that book. And his book is called, um, how was it? Alabama, bloody Alabama or something like that. And it indicts the police for not doing anything, uh, to help with the investigation. He kind of exposes the police as inept detectives. Hmm. And so he solves the case. And so, um, and I'll say right away, the opening of this movie is pretty horrific. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's really weird. It's a found footage movie. Oh, but I'll have to explain it. But anyways, the, the first shot of the movie is there's a family of four and they have bags over their head and they're have nooses around their neck and it's on a tree and you don't see you're they're just sitting there on the ground. You're like, what the hell is happening? And then you see uh, like a branch cutter. You know what I'm talking about? Is like that really long uh, stick that has a blade on the end. I don't know. What the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a branch cutter, I guess. And it's sawing this uh, this branch. And then when it breaks, every single family member goes up and's hung, and like they're it, oh, it, like, I see. children like a, and I got you. Because the rope like goes through the tree. Exactly. So right away you're like, whoa, what am I in for? And um, what happens is Ethan Hawke's character buys the house where this family was murdered because he wants to get to the investigation because four of the family were murdered, but one of the children is missing. So the police treat it as, you know, a four person homicide. The uh, other child was kidnapped. But they have no hope, so they're saying, well, she's probably dead, you know. And so the whole point of Ethan Hawke writing this book is he wants to write the book to solve this mystery. And so as he's moving into this house, he goes up to the attic, and there's a box with a Super 8 camera in it and Super 8 film, and it says fam- uh, home, home movies. And, dude, <laughs> these movies are fucking disturbing. So, I mean, I'll give you... So, so then it becomes a found footage a found movie. found footage, exactly. Because, because you watch a bunch because of Because you watch it with him. Ah, um, and it, it's, but it's a good portion of the movie where you're watching found footage. No, actually, it, oh, okay. he kind of, it's really hard to describe, but he, you know, he turns on the first one and, um, oh, was the first, how's the first one go? Uh, oh, these, these kids are just playing catch in their backyard and, and with their father and, you know, he's just watching it, watching it. And then it cuts to that scene where they're being hung. Right. And so, you know, he's like, what the fuck? And he writes, um, you know, who's, who's videotaping it. And so then he goes to pick up the phone to call the police, but then he's like, well, this is my last chance to make money. So he hangs up the phone and he, then he watches another one called family barbecue where it's this uh, Mexican family from Sacramento and they're fishing. And then the next shot is them in a car that is caught on fire. <laughs> oh, dude, there's like some disturbing things. And then uh, one's these, this family's throats getting slashed and is they're about to do it to their little six-year-old boy and you know ethan hawk's character looks away and you kind of feel that way you're like why are we watching this why are we putting yourself through this uh thing and as the story progresses it's 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 dark i mean and it's i wouldn't say um it's a straight-up horror because i mean there's not tons of blood and gore but it's more just disturbing it is like, it's we're disturbing. gonna show you some shit you exactly because it's like it's kind of a ghost story um, it's a found footage and they do it really clever and because it's also a true crime story because you're kind of finding out what's happening to these families and the connections to this stuff and it's really good i i think you should see it. if uh the cabin in the woods didn't come out this year it'd be the best horror movie of the year but that the cabin in the woods came out it's second um but uh, the one thing i did not like about this movie and it's not spoiling the movie because i won't tell you exactly what happened at the end but after the end happens they have this uh moment where this 
green goes black and then it comes back on and then the box is back and it says home movies and it's the camera's kind of drawing back and as i'm watching it it looks like the box is cgi i'm like uh Mm. i'm like this is weird and then that stupid monster's like head just pops out of nowhere so it's the cheapest scare ever yeah and i say that's really unnecessary because the movie was super effective how it ended yeah and to me what just reeked of oh before we release this movie we have to have one cheap scare yeah and i I, when i see that i call it the friday the 13th scare because friday 13th when it ended they had a little thing where jason pops out of the water and pulls her in and a lot of movies do that yeah but not as effectively as friday the 13th so yeah but i recommend going sinister because it's really good um cool it's different, <laughs> and the the performances are amazing in it. Like Ethan Hawke's really good in it. I'm I'm not gonna see it. It'll scare the poop out of me. Yeah, because you also see like the like the demon guy. He's always kind of in the background, so yeah. it's uh it's kind of creepy. So check it out. Um, I also I got finally got around to seeing Prometheus on Blu-ray. I won't spend time on it, but it's beautiful on Blu-ray and um uh, not just visually, but the score. Sometimes some of the inner uh, actions in the between characters I love. Um, yeah. The deleted scenes are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of them, I think, I mean, we talked about this, but some of them, I think, are better than the the version in the movie. Yeah, I agree. Because it kind of just gives you just a little more, and it just gives you those character beats that you kind of miss in movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't talk about... Uh, I. When when I talked about it, I talked about the diff- the CG version of the monster that comes back to the ship. Spoilers for Prometheus, but... Nah. Um, but we didn't talk about, I don't care much about the, the longer beginning, but the alternate ending where thing breathes a little yeah, bit yeah, more. Yeah. You said earlier that you, uh, you like that one better. I do too. Um, yeah. Cause it breathes more. You're right. Yeah. Because it, uh, because you can kind of, it, it gives it more tension. Cause you know, David says the engineer is coming Yeah, and she's kind of panicking and then he shows up. He just doesn't show up out of kind of nowhere. Well, and he, he like hunts her through the exactly. ship. And so it's not, it's not as much, you know, in the, in the theatrical version, um, it's more like, well, okay, he breaks in, she swings an axe at him a couple times, hits a button, and then he, you know, mm-hmm. gets beaten by the thing behind the door. Um, but in, in the, the longer version, there is some some cool scenes there, especially, man, uh, spoilers for a deleted scene, but she's, you know, she's hiding behind the bar. Yeah, and when awesome. He looks around, and he sees her and just looks down at her, and they, like, there's a moment where they just look at each other, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is awesome awesome because that is so much more terrifying the subtext of it too is i mean he's looking down at her because he believes he's truly superior to her oh yeah 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 it's great oh yeah it's like she he's you know catching a rat behind a table yeah he's like i don't care yeah it's a great moment yeah so yeah it's really a shame and i would like to see a version where that's cut in because i I think i would prefer to watch the whole movie with with those two scenes i agree um also a new thing i've been doing is uh i go on to amazon prime and I'll pick 1930s, and I'll just pick some random movie that pops up. Just 1930s, or like uh, whatever. I oh, mean, okay. I could put 70s. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why I'm doing it because I think as I'm getting older, I have a bigger appreciation for the art of movie making now. Oh yeah. Um, because I mean, I still love my Friday the 13th and you know Indiana Jones and stuff, but now I'm kind of getting into the older stuff. Uh, so I typed in the 1930s, and the first thing that came up is a movie called Bringing Up Baby. Which stars Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn. It's from 1938, and it's a screwball comedy, and it's really funny. Hmm. And uh, I mean, the, the, it, you could 
1938, it was kind of pushing the envelope. I uh, the, the, the premise is, is Cary Grant plays a bumbling paleontologist who's waiting for a one bone for his brontosaurus dinosaur. <laughs> and uh, he has a, a fiance who's kind of a, a nag. And uh, he needs $1 million to refer, for, refurbish this museum so he's going to meet this gentleman who's going to donate money to the museum mm-hmm. so he goes meet, meets him on a golf course but while he's there he meets uh this woman played by Catherine hepburn who's a really um kind of daffy and loopy and I, she always her accent is always changing so uh she's kind of weird and she steals his golf ball so he's like excuse me ma'am you can't take my golf ball and uh <laughs> It's it's really you know nineteen thirties kind of style here, but it's really good. The movie is really really good. Yeah. Um, and the the bringing up baby part is she has a pet leopard because oh no wait he's a zoologist because oh, he's a oh. zo- he's a zoologist and so he she has a pet leopard that she needs to take to her aunt's house and so she needs his help and she's she's in love with him so she's trying to pull him away from his wedding day. And so she she fakes that she's hurt, so he has to run to her apartment and save her from the mean leopard. And uh, the leopard's name is Baby. And so they drive up to the, his, her aunt's house, and hijinks ensue. And uh, I was I, then I went back, and I, it's actually in my book. I bought uh, One Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, oh. and I found out that the movie was not a success when it came out. It was it took forty extra days to shoot the movie, oh. and. Um, but now it's gone down as one of the greatest comedies of all time, which I didn't know about it. I just randomly picked it. Yeah. And uh, the movie's really funny. So it's streaming for free on Amazon Prime. I recommend everybody checking it out because then you can see two, I mean, really big movie stars and you can see why they're so appealing. In, and I also found out that it was one of the first times that the word gay was used as not a happy euphemism, but like interpreted as um, gay. Gay. Pejorative. Yeah. Is that that word? Well, if not pejorative, at least meaning homosexual. Yeah, because uh, Cary Grant wears uh, a robe with, like, a woman's robe, and he answers the door, and uh, this guy's like, good heaven, sir. Where he's like, he's like, I don't know, because I'm gay. And uh, and he huh. used it as a homosexual. <laughs> yeah. I, I read that in that book. That is one of the first times used in popular culture as uh, that way. Hmm. So Cary Grant is responsible for the gay culture. <laughs> Cary Grant, responsible <laughs> for gays. <laughs> Every gay. I also saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, Leatherface, which is not good. Um, Bill, that, that's the old, one of the old ones. Yeah, Bill okay. Butler's in it, and he's in Friday Thirteenth Part Seven. I'm like, oh, that guy dies in that movie too. How many of those movies are there? Oh, dude, there's um, a lot, right? Yeah, well, it's getting its second reboot. <laughs> so right, yeah, um, yeah, that's unwieldy. And uh, the last thing I saw was a movie that came out this year, a really small independent movie made by Sarah Polly called Take This Waltz, which stars Seth Rogen and Michelle Williams. And Seth Rogen and Michelle Williams play a married couple that is really happy, but she falls for the artist across the street. Bitch. Yeah, dude. Like, Seth Rogen, that's the one thing. The movie is really well done, but you really don't like the movie because Michelle Williams makes horrible decisions throughout the movie. Like, she literally leaves her husband because he is too predictable and too nice to her. And she wants to go live her life with this artist. And it's really weird. So the the first half of the movie is setting her up for to fall for the artist guy. And then the second half is, like, her liberation because she fell for the artist guy. There's literally, like, a ten-minute sex scene where it starts with them having sex. And then it goes to them having sex with other people to them having sex again it's 
I guess because her husband's so boring that it's not fun to have sex with him anymore. And so nice to her and treats her so well. So um, that's the whole... I thought you were like setting up like, you know... Uh, high fidelity style, like no. she's gonna fall for the guy next door, no. and then learn the lesson that, like, oh no, he no. has cotton underwear too, and then she goes back to her husband. Who's no, nice no, to no, her. no. The, the lesson she the learned lesson is, is that you should run away from your exactly. nice husband because there's sometimes an artist who who will let you have sex with more than one person. And uh, Sarah that's, Silverman's that's in stupid. it, um, and she's plays a drunk. And uh, there's a really weird scene in it, though. They they go to like some aerobics swimming class where they're doing aerobics swimming. And then they cut to a shower scene where all of them are naked with a bunch of old women that are naked. I guess you're supposed to be like, oh, this is just natural. But it's really distracting. Because one, I, I never thought I'd ever see Sarah Silverman naked. Yeah. I guess. Um, I know Michelle Williams is naked in Brokeback Mountain, so that's no big deal. And then the, all the old ladies are like, oh, hmm, this is really uncomfortable. And it's not like, it's not played for a laugh. There's not nope. a reason. Nope. They're yeah, just in the shower right. after their class. I mean, I like seeing a naked lady, but uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't like it in movies when it's distracting. Yeah, because, I mean, it, I, I, there, I there think... There needs to be a reason for I it. I think they're trying to be like, it's natural, you know? it's Oh, there's nothing... There's just women after their class are showering. And, yeah. Mm. and But Seth Rogen's really good in it. I mean, really good. He's not the funny guy. He's just but he's a, the husband, right? He's the husband. Yeah. He's just a guy who loves well, that, his wife. That and just makes it worse because then it's gonna. I'm gonna really like him and hate everyone else. You do. It's. I'm not even joking. You. <sighs> you hate Michelle Williams' character because there's a time where uh, at, towards the end of the movie, Sarah Silverman falls off the wagon, so he calls her because they're really close with uh, her little nephew. So she shows up, and she's about to say that she's sorry, and he's like, "Why are you saying sorry? There's no reason to because." It's really weird. He's basically telling her that you saying sorry doesn't mean anything because yeah. you decided to leave me for some artist guy. And then she just goes back to him, the artist guy. And then she realizes maybe she made a mistake. And then she goes to a carnival that she went to with the artist guy by herself. And that's the end of the movie. Uh, well, hopefully that's way to the, end it. Oh, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. hopefully that's the intent. Hopefully the intent is... Here's some people making a bad decision. You shouldn't make the bad decisions either. Yeah. But I hate that when it's like, like, um, what was the Woody Allen movie from last year that everybody loved? Midnight in Paris. Uh, Midnight in Paris, where I was like, the, it's the same thing. I hate when, when the main character makes shitty, shitty decisions for their lives for dumb mm. reasons, and I'm supposed to be on yeah, their side so you, about it. Like, you know. You can't root for her, and the yeah. problem is, is you root for Seth Rogen's character because literally he's writing a cookbook and he, called Tastes Like Chicken. Aww. And so he's trying to find all these new ways to make chicken. And so he has making all these new dishes for his wife. So he's preoccupied by it. I want to watch that movie. Yeah. And he's really nice in it on their, uh, you know, their, <laughs> the artist guy. It's like one of those movies where you're supposed to like fall in love because the artist guy is so cool. He, oh. to make money to pay for his art, he, he has a rickshaw that he runs up and downtown in. Can you hear my eyes rolling back in totally. my head? Totally. So, yeah. So, it's 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 really weird. Like, the movie's not poorly made. But yeah. The characters are so unlikable. You're like, this movie kind of sucks. Mm. So, yeah. Take this waltz. <laughs> Brad, what did you watch this week? I, I oh, wait. I skipped over The Walking Dead, but we can we'll get, get to it later. Yeah, we'll get to <laughs> it. I watched uh, some more of The Office and uh, Marvel's The Avengers. So, there you nice. Go. Cool. Which hey, isn't that movie like, good? That is good. Yeah. There's only one God, ma'am, and I don't think he looks like that. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Cause Captain America and the Avengers. I know. If you listen to the commentary, I don't think Josh quoted him correctly, but yeah. specifically addresses that line 
on, on his comedy. How does it go? I don't remember then. Uh, but I don't think he. The end part's messed up. I forget what it is. But uh, we should move it along to. I don't think he dresses like that. I think is what he said. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I really only saw two things worth talking about this week. I finished the league actually, which I, I talked about starting it last week, and I really love that show. And Taco is hilarious. <laughs> and I so <laughs> wish I had caught up so that we could have been talking about it this whole time. Um, though I still, okay, after th- three some seasons of the show, still do not understand at all what fantasy football is or how it works or every time they're f- talking about fantasy football, I am lost. It's still a great show, but what I realize is it's D&D. It totally is. And anybody who, like... Dungeons and Dragons if, for jacks. Yeah, no, <laughs> if anybody has ever picked yeah. on me for D&D, I, yeah, it's the same thing. Um... It's a lot of just like talking about numbers and, you know, hey, my guy's going to swing this sword at your football player, whatever. I don't re- like I said, <laughs> I really don't understand what they're saying. Um, my guy rolled a 50 yard pass and gained me three points. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I also finally am starting on down to Downton Abbey season three, which has been, you know, going there six episodes in. But I was waiting till my brother caught up so that we could watch it together. Um, and of course, it's good. Uh, the interesting thing about the show is that because it's historically following this period of time when uh this sort of old british uh not monarchy but like the earls and the dukes aristocracy. and all the, the aristocracy yes thank you um is starting to fall apart you know like that's that doesn't really exist much there anymore now uh and and they're moving far enough forward that things have to start crumbling and it makes for an awkward kind of a show because while you're rooting for these people to all end up happy you also know that the the stuff in place has to crumble around them. There was even in the, in the first episode of the season, um, there is a line about like, you know, the estate has to employ people. Otherwise it has no purpose to begin with. And you're like, well, wait a second. So you're just saying that the reason that this house is here is so that the people who work in the house can run the house that is here. And you're like, well, this is so, you know, <laughs> cyclical. There's no reason for this to be going on, but they don't even notice it. They don't, it never crosses their mind. Um, so that's been really good. But then, of course, we got to talk about The Walking Dead, which has been really good. Which Brad, I haven't you seen, have not watched, so but you've had two weeks to see the first episode. I don't have any uh, cable provider in my apartment, so well, basically the uh, well, we can just talk about how good it is. Then the first episode takes place ten months after the last episode of season two. Yeah, they basically skip Christmas and there's cr- winter. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a. Uh, <laughs> There's great uh, moments that you you've missed. Um, Carl's grown and he's a confident yeah. Walker killer now. Yeah. Um, Rick, one of the, my um, one of the things I didn't like towards the end of season two is, or actually at the end of season two is, Lori was mad at Rick because he had to kill Shane. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after ten months, something has happened where Rick's you know said, "Hey, you know the reason I had to kill Shane is because of you." Yeah. You're the reason I had to kill my best friend. You're the reason all this stuff happened. So, and there's Rick oh, is now super pissed at Laura. <laughs> I love Rick now. Dude, I, I love, love Carl. I know, like they I have sh- they have so clearly set the reset button on a lot of these characters, and and all you know allowed themselves to be like, okay, after ten months, what could these characters be? And it just it lets them create a, a dynamic between the group that's so much richer and more grounded than they had before. Um, it uh, it's so coming into its own. Yeah, because you know the the thing of the first two seasons is um, after Rick finds his family, it's maybe I don't know a couple weeks. 
yeah from the end of season one to season two mm-hmm. um so now that they let kind of something happen you knew something with rick is simmering yeah and i, I remember reading an article where people are saying well do you like the new rick i love the new rick because <sighs> it's amazing it's uh, so you've seen episode two yeah right? i want to talk a little bit about uh, there are two moments in that episode that, shit that sh- shook me yeah. where I was like, this is why this show is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why if you don't think this show is awesome, you're not paying attention. And it's first um, the scene where, you know, Herschel's a little bit sick and he wakes up real quick and scares us. Mm-hmm. And there is uh, there's this shot right before they go to commercial where they pull back and Carl has got the gun out. And was smart enough to hesitate and not fire right away, mm-hmm. but was also quick enough to get it out. And it was so badass. Dude, and there's it a great was- line by Carl, too, um, when he got the supplies and he comes back and, you know, Laurie says, what are you doing going off by yourself? You're going to be He's like, I killed two walkers. No big deal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So well, it, and also his his relationship with his mom now is all messed up and weird. And oh, because um, he had to kill Shane. Yeah. And, you know, it's but the the other big moment, though, for me is the. I, again, I don't want to spoil it, especially since Brad is here, but the the interplay between the people they find in the prison mm-hmm. um, and especially in that scene where they're they're clearing it out, mm-hmm. you know, and one of them makes a decision and it and the way because that Rick reacts to it is the right decision yeah. and also completely redefines who Rick is now. Yeah, because... Like, it's a different Rick than last Because, you know, he says shit happens. And then yeah. uh, what he does is he, he does... Before yeah. he would hesitate. You right. know, he, he, yeah. he'd want to talk it out. He's like, let's work it... Not anymore. No, nope. it's, it's not. It's not a democracy. It's... Yeah, it's a totally... It's a totally different world and a totally different show. Um, yeah, even... They even changed the intro to the show. Like, yeah. it really... It feels so fresh. Um, and I think it's a good way to solve the... Uh, the the Carl's the actor who plays Carl is going to grow up. Yeah. Um so it's it's good to, you know, do that kind of you know, in the comics we we get a little bit of winter. Mm-hmm. Um but here they just get to skip it and now we don't have to make excuses for the fact that you know yep. well, eventually they have to deal with that problem. Yep. Know? Like Lost never could. <laughs> yeah. Well no Lost Lost totally dealt with it. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, why was Walt slightly older in that flash forward? What what was that? Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, yeah, check out The Walking Dead. It's uh, it's running really well right now. Yeah, I think so, too. I can't wait for Sunday. So, guys, we went and saw Cloud Atlas. We did. And I think the opening of our podcast is almost as long as that movie. Um, <laughs> Brad, should people go and see Cloud Atlas? Um, <laughs> oh, I had I had a thing prepared, and I totally spa- I'm spacing it right now. You know, I... There's good parts and there's bad parts to it, and uh, I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't have. I thought I, after watching, I'd have you know an answer, and I, I still don't. I don't know. Yeah, some parts are appealing, and other parts are really just. Yeah, it didn't make you want to wax philosophical. No, yeah. James, should people go see Cloud Atlas? Um, I wish that I loved this movie because I think it is so well-crafted and I appreciate a lot of it and I was never bored and I enjoyed watching it, but it never, it never rose to the next level. So it's something of a Jack of all trades where because they're selling, telling so many stories, I don't think I loved any of the characters. I just enjoyed watching the characters. Um, but I definitely think 
uh, it, it's something to check out for sure. It might be the most epic movie I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> like when they talk about, oh, Watchmen, I don't know if we could ever turn that into a movie. It's like, this has six stories all running constantly. <laughs> yeah. Like, within two, within a minute of each other. It's, it's daunting for sure. Yeah. I, I think I agree uh, with kind of both of you. I There's parts of this movie I loved. And then there's parts of this movie I'm like, eh, whatever. Oh, yeah? And it, it, it's because I think, um, well, you know what? We'll play the trailer, and then I'll tell you what, why I think this way after the trailer. This is the Cloud Atlas sextet? I doubt there's more than a handful of copies in all of North America. But I know it. I know I know it. That's it. The music from my dream. There are whole movements I wrote imagining us meeting again and again in different lives, in different ages. I can't explain it, but I knew when I opened that door, a powerful deja vu ran through my bones. I heard it in a dream, as in a nightmarish cafe, and the waitresses, they all had the same face. No reason to hide. I know you are Sonry 451. Yesterday, my life was headed in one direction. Today, it is headed in another. You ever think the universe is against you? Fear. <laughs> Belief love phenomena that determine the course of our lives these forces begin long before we are born and continue after we perish our lives are not our own we are bound to others past and present So, to me, there, there's parts where you get really into the movie, and then it does a quick cut to a part that... Jumps to a different story. D- different story. Like, the one story I think that was the weakest was the one that was in the very, very far future, mm. with um, uh, where Tom Hanks was kind of a... It's, well, a, it's a goat herder. Yeah, yeah. post-apocalyptic, I guess that's the best way to look at it. Yeah. Because one, they talk like Gungans, and it was really driving me nuts. Yeah, 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 yeah the dialogue there. Why did the they have to... Why, you're telling me because it's so far in the future, and obviously so... so Society has collapsed. Now people are dumber. Well, it's true, true. Like, they just, true, they, true. It's like slang is advanced so far by then that it's yeah. just a huge mishmash. But the, but it's supposed it to be to like me, a dialect. There's like no a, order, so it, it was a mix of like Gungan and New Orleans talk. Yeah, yeah it's it was, really, it's it really bizarre, it was awkward, and and should have just been dropped because they had there are other you know language issues in the movie where they'll they'll talk about 
the way that language evolves, especially in the in the other futuristic mm-hmm. story, which I really deal loved. with it in a more interesting way. I like think the, than... the the Sony one, I loved. Oh yeah, I thought it was a cool story, and the one with the old folks, the Timothy oh, one. That, yeah, that could have been its own movie. Adventures of Timothy Cavendish. Yeah, which yeah. was great because uh, the old guys trying to bust out of the retirement home was amazing. Um, I mean, I, the whole movie is how people are connected throughout time. Well, and we, and I think we should explain that it's almost like um, uh, you, you you could almost look at it as something of an anthology. And that yeah, there it's are, like an anthology, there basically. Are these, there are these six different stories that are all going on at the same time that they're intertwined by similar themes often enough. Mm. Um, and they're the same actors. And we're definitely, you know, it's st- strongly encouraged that you believe that they are that the characters are reincarnations of, of each other, you know, of each other basically throughout time. Um, but it all breaks down on whether or not all of the stories work for you. You know, if all of them are entertaining, then you're going to love the whole movie. If half of them are entertaining and half of them aren't where every five minutes they switch to a different story and you go, Oh fuck, now I got to watch this one. And then five minutes later, like, Oh yes, cool. We get back to this. Mm-hmm. Then it, you know, it's going to be a pacing problem. Yeah. I, I think there is pacing problems in the movie. Yeah. Um, because like I said, the, uh, the very far future one really didn't work for me. Um, I thought the, the ship one, it took a while to get going. Yeah. And I mean, but I, 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 lo- I, like I love that story. You, if you just take that story out and, mm-hmm. and you know, we're getting into the spoiler section here. Um, and you just start telling the story about like the, this guy and this, this, uh, freed slave that he helps rescue and this doctor who's poisoning the first guy. That story is awesome. Yeah. But you get back to it so rarely that it takes a while to get like, yeah. Amped up in it again. And it's so brief that there's not, it doesn't actually tie back into the, that, that one to me is the most, uh, on its own, you mm-hmm. know, like the rest of them, I feel like they intertwine the themes fairly well, uh, except for the, well, no, the Halle Berry nuclear one, actually, I think that's yeah. the one I think I like the least. Hmm. It's got a lot of action in it, but, um, yeah, I, I guess too. I mean, it's hard for me too, because I think when they had, um, actors playing different races, it was kind of like jarring. Like I never really bought, um, you know, the, the, the Chinese the girl ones are as, always bad. Yeah, the Chinese or the Korean girl, I guess, as you know, an American girl, and the uh, British and American actors as Koreans. Yeah, like as really even like Hugo Weaving when he the was makeup is so Hugo, bad. Yeah, in a lot of them. Well, but some of the makeup is like all of Tom Hanks's makeup. I think is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom um, Hanks is good. But then, like, yeah, the the Korean eyes, which some of them I'm looking at, I'm going, they look like Hugo Weaving's man. He looks like a Romulan from Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. like, really, he does. <laughs> he does, like, yeah. Especially, especially because the way they do his hair too. Um, but those eyes, and I'm looking at him, going, like, why did they do this? Because his eyes are more like crazy, squinty, racist than hers mm-hmm. are. The yeah. actual Korean woman. Yeah. Um, and that, which was just, it was just don't. You know, it looks weird and like. And the ma- yeah, you're right. The makeup isn't done well enough because like Jim Sturgis, when he's a Korean, his forehead is smooth and perfect, <laughs> yeah. and then he's got you know a little. And is it even makeup, or do you think it was CGI? Because it, sometimes it looked like it was CGI to me. I think when she's white, the, her eyes are CGI. Mm-hmm. Like when she is uh, his wife later, and they're confronting Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure because she looked a little bit weird. Um, yeah, there's just like that's the hardest part for me in that movie was buying that because I think because it went through so many time periods where you know that 
constant change was kind of jarring mm-hmm. where you know it's like you you know the dude's not korean and you just i don't know it's yeah but i mean there's some parts that really work like i love the sony story because i mean it's it it, it was different than i thought it was going to be and it had a you know where uh i guess i don't even know what you would call her uh, a martyr uh something where she's you know, she basically she ends up getting martyred. For yeah, her. you know, she, her whole story is that her whole purpose is to expose this um, fake world they live in, and yeah. And I thought the whole story was really well done. Yeah, um, and it it has a lot of ties into some pretty classic sci-fi. You know, it's got a little um, Soylent Green in there, and there's even a callback to Soylent Green. But it's got a little Soylent Green. <laughs> it's got With the old little, folks. It's got a little THX 1138 in there. <laughs> like Soylent Green are people. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. But at the same time, I don't I think, think all that the, it... All the stories had uh, themes of slavery. Oh, yeah. yeah. At oh, yeah. some point in them. Yeah. Which and I think that's that's the thing that impresses me the most about this is just how how tight that script has to be in order to um, have things line up the way that they do and, and, and let the themes really sort of play on each other from one story to the next. Um, yeah, because there are times where they, you know, a character would say something, and then they'd cut to the some, to the next thing, and you'd be like, "What they? Oh man, what that character said is totally lending into what what's happening next in this story." And at the same time, this feels like the natural progression of this story from the last place we saw it. Uh, yeah, it, because I think it's a it's a intriguing enough movie where I think I want to see it again. Yeah, to kind of catch all the intricacies of it, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm really torn on the movie because I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I should say that it's if you like sci-fi, you know, you should probably check it out. Um, I, I don't think it's the worst movie. No, no, no. I mean, there's some parts that are super well done. And was there ever a point when you were like really bored, where you were oh, like, no, oh no, 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 get through this? Early like, on, I was like about 30 minutes in, I was like, oh my god, is well, this really going to be as bad as it is? And then like, you know. Maybe I started getting steam. Fifteen, yeah. Yeah. ten minutes later, I'm starting to like settle into it and like just accepting that it's going to be a little off. Well, and especially and those pacing first... and like storytelling, like it's very unconventional and right. Yeah, those first um, twenty minutes, they have to set up so many stories. Yeah, that it feel it, it does. Well, you don't know what you're in for because it's yeah. Not yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, conventional. I think enough, you, so. I agree with you too because I, at the beginning, I'm like, what am I seeing? I'm not sure. I'm not sold on this premise yet. Yeah. And the yeah. makeups, like everyone looks goofy because yeah. you know. Yeah. All these people are playing different looking characters, but it's not convincing enough um, aesthetically. But I guess I have to go with it for the next two hours. And I still, like, if you tried to push me and tell me, okay, which characters are which characters are which and who all am I supposed to believe is, you know, like, obviously the person with the comet birthmark is supposed to all be the same person, right? But I don't even remember who all had Not because Halle Berry had a comet and then Tom Hanks has a comet at the end. Yeah, I, I'm pretty so sure they're that, different people. I don't. I think it's that they're all tied together. I don't think it's. Oh, the com- you don't think that the comet itself is the same is a, person? I think it's they're all oh, everyone okay. with a comet is intertwined. Yeah, yeah. because you know even uh, yeah, I guess the okay. the Halle Berry '70s one too. It seems like Tom Cruise. I mean Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks's character was kind of an afterthought in it because oh. he doesn't even show up till towards the end, and then he only yeah. has that one little moment with her, and then he dies. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, like in the. Um, 
the story with the old people when Tom Hanks is in it and he throws that guy off the balcony. Oh, Halle Berry oh, I is forgot in about that. that part. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, Halle Berry is in that for a second. And there's just that second <laughs> of like, well, in this lifetime, those two don't really get together, but they still have a connection. You know? I forgot about that movie so long. It has so many things in it. Tom yeah. Hanks playing a British crime boss yeah. <laughs> and, is... and I, my favorite because uh, I guess you know he grabs the crime bo- uh, the cr- book critic and throws him off and he splats like literally yeah. splats and then there's a headline in the and like the newspaper that says writer one critic zero <laughs> I thought it was really funny oh man yeah so there's parts of this movie and I mean I guess I should recommend people seeing this movie because it's so different absolutely um Oh man, this is a tough movie. They're part, yeah, I was sitting there going like, okay, some of this I'm not following along and I w- would want to watch it because I remember watching The Matrix and obviously it's not exactly the same filmmakers, but the first time I watched The Matrix, I didn't get it the first time around. Mm-hmm. I had to watch it a few times to fully understand yeah. the entire scope That's of the movie. Cool. And then this time I'm like, well, maybe I need to watch it again to you know connect everything because there's so much to pay attention to. But at the same time, like, it wasn't interesting enough to make me like go out and get it on DVD and sit down and watch it again. Yeah. Like I can't see myself doing yeah. that later. Uh, yeah. The problem I'll just with remember that... like, Oh, there's some pretty stuff in it and some of the stories are good. But at the same time, like I don't really have a drive to go back. It's the problem with, with having a movie be three hours long. Um, is that unless you're the dark Knight rises. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're a movie that really cooks and, and is, you know, there's a lot of action stuff in there. Um, which, you know, the second half of the movie, I think they do a good job of making sure that, Almost at all times, one of the stories is having sort of a climactic action sequence. You know, something important or thrilling is going on um, so that they can jump from, you know, a quiet sequence over to that, you know, get some momentum back and then jump back. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, I guess a Hugo Weaving when he was the nurse really bothered me. Like, it was really distracting. <laughs> oh, yeah? Because I just didn't buy it at all. Yeah, I didn't like it much either. What was weird was how much other like everybody in the audience seemed to like it. Like, yeah. Or, or at least they thought it was funny, you know? And I was like, uh But I did like uh, the ending when the dude who only said, uh, I know, I know, uh, Yeah. did a whole Scottish yeah. speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that whole then story. the hooligans. Yeah, that, that, that whole story retiring. could just oh. be like you know the sequel to Waking Ned Divine. Like it's yeah, it's because, a, it's its own movie. Because remember, that's the one to start off with. Is Tom Hanks throwing that critic off the the balcony? Yeah. So that could be a whole movie. Yeah. It'd be great. And trying to liberate him from, and because also too, it's cool that his, I thought it was funny that his brother's the one who sent him there. Yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, mm-hmm. and the uh, the one guy is so uh, airheaded that he didn't know that he was signing away his rights yes. as a person to be in a <laughs> oh, retirement home. Man. Ah, uh, yeah. I, that, that is another... I, I love Hugh Grant in this movie, which I haven't said that in a long time. But Hugh Grant is really good. Like, his, a couple of his roles are impressive. Um, but his makeup in the old people's story mm-hmm. is not very good, mm-hmm. uh, where he's supposed to be that guy's brother. Especially because I feel like, you know, Hugh Grant, you could just say, like, he was his younger brother and maybe make him look a little bit older, but he didn't have yeah. to be. He didn't have to look like his face was melting. No, I agree. He looked like Guy Pearce and Prometheus, you he, know? Yeah. <laughs> and he looked okay when um, when he had the sunglasses on when we first walked yeah, yeah, up, yeah, but yeah. then when he took the sunglasses off, I was like, whoa, yeah. should have left those on. Because, you know, the thing with that makeup is you have to wear, you know, prosthetics, too, so their faces always look so big, yeah. and it's really distracting. And yeah, I, I couldn't when they had to be different races. And I'm not trying to be like races or anything. It's just, it just didn't work. You know, you just because you get sucked out of it immediately. Yeah. 
But the interrogation scene with Somi is really good, even though the makeup was distracting. Especially on him, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I do love the moment where um, he says, you know, I just have one more question. Did it work? She says, it looks like it worked on one person. Yeah. And is that one guy? You're like, yeah, that's pretty pretty clever. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But it, but it also was extremely difficult. It wasn't until the end that I realized, like, oh, that's the guy. Like, it's, oh, that's the same actor who's playing that other guy who's the young version. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for the rest of the movie, I was thinking the... the Sex Smith, I was like yeah. that actor hasn't got to play many other parts, and then right. the end of the movie, like the credit sequence, I was like, oh yeah, oh he was all, all those people. Yeah. You just couldn't tell because there may there was so much bad makeup, so much on. makeup. Because he was the he was the guy in the elevator, obviously, because that's actually the yeah. same character. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looks weird there. Yeah, but you don't notice as much because that. The whole most shocking one was uh, his lover was a woman in the present, two thousand twelve. Yeah, he was, right? The um, guy who's writing the Cloud Atlas Symphony? Yes. He plays uh, Hugh Grant's wife in the no, 2012, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I thought was an actual woman. <laughs> yeah, I did too. <laughs> that one credits. was really weird. <laughs> so sometimes it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, so, I, I guess uh, from our review of the movie is you're going to have to see it and make a, a judgment yeah. on yourself. If you like conventional <laughs> movies, you're going to hate it, I think. But yeah. if you if yeah. you have an open mind and you want to see something a little different and sort of creative, then uh, I think the story, like, if I imagine the book is really fascinating. Yeah. I don't know if the actual cinematic, it, you know, pulling it off. It's a, also the editing. Like, I, early on, I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible because of the you know, pacing and all. But towards the end, just like trying to imagine someone trying to piece all these, like visually take right. all these shots and line them up in a way that sort of starts tying things together, I think is a pretty good achievement mm-hmm. on their part. Cause oh, it, yeah. Well, and especially considering when we when the credits start to roll in, there are, they actually sort of split the credits right and left where on the left side is all the stuff that the Wachowskis did and all of the people who worked with them and on the right side is Thomas Tickford and all his so it's really it's like it's like saying Grindhouse where there's really two movies um because they each like took a couple of the stories and did them each themselves um so then you know trying to correlate all of that and figure out how to shoot all of that because some of them they use the same sets and things like that you know because like the the super future one the tom hanks super future one uses the same sets as some of the stuff in the future future you know mm. the sony one mm-hmm. um which that one the connection i don't know how you get from the sony one to i'm my guess is that the nuclear power plant explodes and that is part of what makes that island go wonky no there's a little throwaway line where um the one guy says that new soul is going to be like old soul in a hundred years because of, because of the, all the water. The water. Yeah. But there's yeah. not enough ice in the world. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that's a Just weird... saying that's what they were saying. Yeah. That's why there's islands everywhere and they have to use those boats to but go like from when place we saw to place. That shot, well, because I had to think that at some point that nuclear power plant thing was going to work back in. Um, though I guess I guess they end up revealing Yeah, the they reveal it because remember that little boy says, oh, this is going to make a great story. There's also he wrote the story yeah. that they read about the detective story about it but then like when we see the wide shot of the island there's like a devastation yeah, there's like there's like the devastated city and then there's like a big explosion thing in the middle as if something bad happened there but maybe it was just they got there was a war or something we never find out what the fall is i guess it's the revolution but 
I think it's just the water everywhere, and that's why um, there's islands of people that aren't as advanced as the other people because the water levels of Earth rose so much. Now it's just a bunch of islands everywhere. Is what I got. I don't know. It's all cut off. Yeah. uh, That's. I mean, I could interpret it wrong. That's what I got out of it. We can just build some higher cities. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so you can. You gonna say something else about Glad Atlas? No, I was just gonna say, yeah, somebody ought to see it. Someone should see this movie. You can follow us on Twitter, real underscore nerds. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. Email us, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can call us, 720-6nerds5. And you can be on the show like our good old friend Russell was. Um, Yeah, make sure you leave comments. We'll make sure we hit you up for sure. Um, Thank you to everybody who liked us this week and is following us now on Twitter. I appreciate it. And, uh, James, did you want to say something? Well, yeah. Uh, if there's anybody listening and you've seen a show that's new this fall that I didn't see that you think is good or that I did see but only watched a few episodes and you think it's gotten good, let me know and I will catch up on it again and give it another shot or give it a shot in the first place. Because so far, eh, eh, TV shows this fall. Eh. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.